Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the Desi Patel. And it's season three, people. We're back. We're back. It's been a long time. It feels like an awful long time. I know. It's It's been but three weeks. That's it. Yes. It feels like a lot longer. <laughs> but we, we struggled through so many <laughs> obstacles in that time. We, we had, we fought covid we We've overcome monsters and we, we are back here today recording a lovely episode. For season three, 105 episodes. Mm, indeed. Mm, how are exciting. you, Nick? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm quite looking forward to getting back into it. <laughs> so a break worked well. That's why we need it every right. now and then. We love doing the podcast, but every now and then we need to rejuvenate <laughs> and refresh our brains. And not see each other for at least a week. Yes. <laughs> and then we just like text each other, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. Have you found someone else? Have you found another podcast? <laughs> Oh, it is good to be back. And yeah. thank you to everyone who has been messaging us, sending us good wishes and lovely thoughts and things to entertain us. And also gifts as well. Yes, indeed. We've received something delightful in the P.O. box, which is very Ooh. exciting. We also say thank you very much to, to Devaney, who has sent us in some delightful poisonous cabinet hats. Hats! Hats! We, we love, love a hat. hat. <laughs> a splendidly knitted hat as well. Now, unfortunately, the hats arrive have arrived just as the UK has gone through a massive heat wave. Um, <laughs> Doesn't so matter. We're still going to wear still gonna wear the hats. We're still going to go with the hats. Okay. Thank you very much. It's very kind. And really very kind. They are wonderful knitted hats. We'll share some pictures on social media, but they have our little slogan in there. Knitted in the precision with which she has done this. Devon, you're a legend. If anyone wants to send us other things, nice things, nice things. We can't stress <laughs> that enough. Uh, our PO box is on all of our social media channels or just scream at us through social media and we'll tell you what it is. That will work too. That'll do it. Like, any poisonings this week, Nick? I mean, I mean, there have been so many. Oh, really? oh, okay. Absolutely. I mean, too many to mention now. Well, I, I mean, we've been to New York. We've oh, yeah. then well, been poisoned true. ourselves with COVID. Yeah. So we, we've done a lot. We've, there's an awful lot been going on. Pick out just the one poisoning case and all that <laughs> is, is is a tall order, I feel. <laughs> we went to New York and poisoned ourselves with bagels and cocktails. Many, many mm. bagels. Many, many cocktails. Oh, it was a good trip. Because it seems like another another lifetime ago that we were there. Yes, when we were over there, we uh, we picked up many, many recipe ideas. Ooh. Oh, yes. Ooh. Went to some fantastic places. Got very carried away in cocktails equipment shops yes, um, we did. <laughs> which, was, which was brilliant with the most stoned man in the history of the world behind the 
counter. Which oh my very, god, <laughs> yes. hilarious! Went to a, a place that was recommended by some people on the podcast to uh, to pick up equipment and bitters. Place that, that stocks amazing bitters. We got some of those, but the guy was off his <laughs> off his tits. head. <laughs> was hilarious. Just did not blink and was staring, going, "That is so." great to everything we were saying like should you be handling money right now but we did and also realized that me and emma are not the sort of people you should travel with because every time you're going should i spend money on this we're like yes oh, absolutely that's, no, that's what get i get all of it uh, yeah buy buy everything so you only live once come yeah. on nick spend all your money oh my god he's really doing it i really am <laughs> spending all my cash on shiny new copper things marvelous well speaking of spending all your money on shiny things <laughs> and um, and stoned people staring at you in the streets mm. i think it is time for us to thank our delicious new patreon subscribers indeed and there are an awful lot of you because we haven't been doing this for a while so thank you very much we must start with susan Pryor to sarah jane hazeltine nesbitt and and to stop paying mp's lecky bills <laughs> to spark hazel uh, amy h kit saunders tracy Leonardson, stephanie dickinson julie and her mighty pooch rafferty hair of the dog nea <laughs> is the best name in the history of the world indeed. tracy mcrobbie to annie fazaza to Christina Peak. And thank you so much to Taylor Johnson. Thank you, you beautiful, beautiful people. Thank you, lovely, delicious Patreons. Thank you for joining us. And also loving the fancy names that people are putting in. <laughs> They're Absolutely. creeping in every week, a few more. <laughs> I quite like Sarah Jane Heseltine Nesbitt. Sounds like a fancy very, lady. Very, very fancy. Very She's fancy. been to Nick's special finishing school, but she did well. <laughs> she did well, it. absolutely. <laughs> Better than me. Indeed. And Rafferty, hair of the dog. Naya, what a wonderful pooch. I'm glad he listens to the show. No, oh, quite. Well, Nick, mm. are you ready mm. to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Well, we haven't done it in a while, have we? Or could drink poison talk about cocktails. Nah, let's let's start as we need to go on, I feel, for season three. Go with the first one? Go with the first one. Yes, now we're back with season three. We're going to start with a bang. We're going to start with some fun stuff, some facts, a little delve into history, as well as a lovely, delicious murder, because that's what you're all here from. But, of course, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have any stories or any chat without a cocktail in hand. Most certainly. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. My story is so my pick and this week's secret ingredient is mm. green now i want it on record <laughs> that you have chosen this ingredient of entirely of your own volition there has been no persuasion or bribery or anything untoward going on in the choice of this secret ingredient yeah i yeah. fear i have walked into a trap yes that you, i have built which you only have yourself to blame for yes i will be hoisted by my own batar but i yeah. think you all know what's coming the rumbling truck of <laughs> approaching is just coming over the hill i can see i know what's written on the side of that truck yeah. i know what's coming but green 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 also, green is a lovely color i like is. green my front room is painted green Mm. Lots of lovely things are painted green. It is a wonderful colour. Yeah. Also, it allows me to go, could it be a nugget of pure green? green. <laughs> Very niche reference to certain yeah. British comedy fans there. <laughs> but yes, green. It's yeah. going to... I am not just going, something was green in this story, but fell it, and then just putting it in there. No, 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 there's a very specific kind of green that I'm thinking of that will become clear very soon. But green, with green yeah. as your ingredient, your inspiration, Nick, I... Yeah dare to ask what have you come up with for well, season three i thought i thought well, it, it would perhaps be unfair of me as we know i'm a lover of green things to sort of <laughs> pick your poison as it were oh so aww. so Sinead, we're gonna play a little game <laughs> what 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 <laughs> i didn't know this was coming no. well okay before you there are three 
mystery cards. <laughs> there really are, and he stamped them with the logo. Oh my god, I love this, and I'm terrified at the same time. You will pick. <laughs> so we know one of these cards. I hope only one. <laughs> could have the horror that is green chartreuse on there as we may all get through all three of them by the end of the episode uh, uh, if that's it's, true it's yeah. but oh you're making me choose my own fate I'm making you choose your own fate <laughs> or choose the manner with which I die oh, choose the manner with <laughs> which you die <laughs> ooh ooh the pressure okay I'm gonna go with this one okay alright do I pick it up pick do it I up. read it okay <laughs> it's read hmm Absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. Oh, we that's Yay! what we're having. Okay, absinthe we can cope with. <laughs> oh, I have to read this story. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. You don't mind. You're just no, no, I mind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. Well, that is what we shall have. <laughs> Yay! Do I look at the other ones? Can I look at yeah, the other Well, ones? it is up to you. So you, Or we can save one of them for later. Oh, okay. When you feel a particular gap in the story, perhaps you can go, I want that one. <laughs> and we will see what the other cards reveal. Okay, well, let's start with the absinthe makes the hot grow fonder, and let's see what happens. <laughs> I think it is high time, high time for us to get into that poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So Nick. Absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. Does. And the mind insane. And the mind slightly crazier. It has been a while since we've had absinthe. Indeed. We don't have it a lot. No, there's reason for that. Absinthe has a peculiar effect. <laughs> <laughs> so I fear for our sanity. But yes, yeah. it's very pretty. It's pink. So it's I wasn't pink. expecting a pink drink. Uh, one thing's green with absinthe. You do think the green which is fairy. Which green fairy, which is, where, which yes. is why I opted for an absinthe drink. But this is very much <laughs> not green. Okay, cool. So it looks pretty. Cheers. Merry Christmas. First poisonous cabinet cocktail of season three. <laughs> oh, there's a lot going on there, Nick. There's a lot going on there. Oh, Ooh, what's happening? I don't like <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Look much. on your face. Oh, and it's got an aftertaste that I'm not in love with. Mm. There's a lot going on and it's slightly nothingy. I don't know whether that's you a, agree. That's a disappointment. That's a disappointment. That's a disappointment. Yeah. Are you just doing this on purpose so I have to work my way through the cards? <laughs> if no. I was disappointed, or if I loved it, you'd be like, no, no, Sinead, it's disappointing. <laughs> uh, card number two, card number two. Um, well, another sip. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of... Ooh, mm. Oh, I can taste the absinthe now. Yeah, I can really taste the absinthe now. That's, I didn't get that in the first... The first. Mouthful, but that's, that's there now. The second sip is better. Yeah. Because you are getting the, the complexities of the absinthe, <laughs> but no. Um, uh, yeah, it's making my mouth do weird things. Mm, it's, it's not one that's going to go on the, the standard rotation. Okay, well, talk us, talk us through it. Talk right, us why I mean, this is happening. There, there is a lot. There's an awful lot going on in this one. There's a lot going on. So we've got a base of gin. Okay. We've got a base of gin. Yeah. Then we have the absinthe. Then we have some of the maraschino cherry. I did think there was maraschino cherry in there. We got that. We've also got cherry brandy as well. So oh, good God! Double, I mean, these. I mean, we are talking tiny, tiny quantities. A lot of these, are like a sixth of an ounce. Um, so very, 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 very small quantities. Um, Campari, which what? is where you're getting the bitterness from, and also grapefruit, which is also where you're getting the bitterness from. What? And then some sugar. Not enough sugar to balance out the bitterness. No. So yeah, there's there's an awful lot going on in that. There is far too much going on in that. Nearly all the ingredients are like a sixth of an ounce, and it's just there for the sake of being there i think and it yeah. adds nothing to the 
to the flavour. Generally bad cocktail. Oh dear. Two things. Mm. I think it's important that I don't finish this. Now you've <laughs> listed everything that's in it. I don't care if there's a sixth of an ounce in there. Like This is a recipe for disaster if ever there was one. And two, I, 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 think, I think we'll refer back to uh, a conversation that Nick had with me while we were in New York in a very, very good uh, speakeasy very well-known cocktail bar called Attaboy. And Nick was lecturing me at length about the principles behind this bar and the owners of you don't need lots of ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. Two, three, maybe four ingredients yeah, absolutely. is all you need if mixed well for a very good cocktail. We proceeded to drink through several cocktails. <laughs> very, very lovely cocktails. To test this theory. And they all bloody worked. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you're right. And everywhere you, and that has stuck with me. Every time I look at a cocktail list now and go, that's a lot of ingredients. There's too what, much what, in there. what are you trying to prove? And it generally fails like it has on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm mm, going to... Fair enough. Not drink that, not because it's undrinkable. If it was, if it was not my episode, I'd probably neck <laughs> it. Don't think I should finish it because it's so strong. But also, I know you have backups. Well, yeah, I mean, there is... <laughs> Two cards yet unchosen. I'm going to make an executive decision. I don't think we can start season three with a bad cocktail. Okay. Not when there's two other runners ready to go. <laughs> All right, I've got two more cards picked. I'm going to close my eyes. This one, this one, this one. Why are you looking at me like that? I haven't turned it over. Oh, Jesus. What have I done? Okay, I'm going to turn it over. <laughs> it just says, the Dante. And I feel like I've been handed the calling card of a murderer <laughs> at a ball somewhere in the 18th century. The Dante. I'm terrified. Oh, Nick's eyes went so wide there. Oh, he's happy. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Let's do it. Let's, Let's get back it. into the poisonous cabinet okay. kitchen. Shake up a storm. See you in a minute. And we're back. Again. Again. Okay, reset. Reset on the cocktails. <laughs> that never happened. I may regret what's going to happen Yeah, now. you may well do. So I don't think there's any point in waiting. Let's just dive in, Nick, <laughs> and enjoy it. Welcome to season three for you. <laughs> okay. Oh, now that's more like it. Hmm. <laughs> How can you not like that? It just... It... Oh, it's... <laughs> It's you don't even so know what's your in it. <laughs> no, you know what? I know it's in there, and I don't know what else is in there. I know there's freaking green chartreuse is in there. Is that the only thing you're getting? And limes. And the limes are good, and like you get a nice citrusy, mmm, but then that bloody green chartreuse is just clambering over everything. Oh, it, mmm. Every now and then the bloody green chartreuse comes through. And if you're not into green chartreuse, it's like a dagger in your heart. <laughs> Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> so lovely. Oh, that's 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 tasty. <laughs> I will give you that it is really citrusy, which is much better than some of the other green chartreuse cocktails I've had. Which is the lime almost almost. It's trying to overpower it. It's not working. It's it's approaching drinkable, but it's not approaching drinkable. It's in one of those love to hear about (laughs) drinks. Not going to waste a drink. I'll get over this in a week. You know what? As a green chartreuse based cocktail, which I'm sure it bloody is. Is if it isn't, this has all just been a monologue of nothing. (laughs) Showing Um, your prejudices. That's what it is. (laughs) It is like yes, and suddenly you turn the mirror around, and the mirror monster is you. (laughs) Talk us through it, Nick. Talk us through it. Okay, there might be a hint of chartreuse in there. How much? A third of an ounce. You bastard. A third of an ounce in a glass that big. Yeah, that's still too much. There's tequila. You like tequila. I do like tequila. And there's lime. You okay, like lime. Nice, nice. Some sugar. You like sugar. <laughs> Stop telling me what I like. 
And then a new thing. A, a new thing? That we have not had before. Okay. We now have a third of an ounce okay. of Metzendorf Kummel. <laughs> have you had a stroke? Nope. Metzendorf Kummel. What? It's a another sort of Central European herby liqueur type thing. It's based on caraway. Oh, caraway! Yeah, it's based on caraway, and I've, I've, I've don't mind a caraway. Yeah, seed? I've come across it in a number of cocktails, but I thought, now nah, I'm not buying a whole bottle for that. But <laughs> I thought on this occasion, I thought, ah, uh, I will buy a whole bottle of that because it'll annoy Sinead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did buy a whole bottle of that. I don't see the cupboard for future use, which is great. Something, something new in the cabinet, <laughs> which is quite exciting. Do you like the way you sort of turned into an Irish mammy? They're going, you like to kill, you liked it, you like it. <laughs> You liked it in a minute ago. Or if you didn't know what was in it, you'd be yumming it up, exactly. wouldn't you? Exactly. That's exactly what... I should have put some red, like, red food colouring in there. You'd be knocking it back. <laughs> Why red food colouring? Or any... So it's not green, so you wouldn't see the green. What? If I've drunk green cocktails before that didn't have green, green chartreuse... And you I'm threw them five. all in my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll confuse her. <laughs> yeah. She's a simple lass. <laughs> Dazzle her with colours. I will give you, from my humble opinion, which you care nothing of... This is true. <laughs> It's a far, far, far superior cocktail than the first one. Okay, I've absolutely agreed. Because, what, four ingredients? Four, yeah, four and a bit of sugar. Four ingredients four and, and a bit of sugar. And a bit of sugar. Nicely balanced. I can tell that this is a good cocktail. It's not to my particular palate, but it's got very nice, subtle flavours coming through. Unfortunately for me, the subtle flavours are just like, ah, I'll kill you. Whereas you are just like, your your taste buds are singing, there's dancing in the street, bluebirds are flocking around you, happiness. As a chartreuse cocktail, it works. See, see now you make me feel bad, because I feel I should have been nicer on this third and final cocktail. What? And made something you might like, but no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you chose green. And you're just punishing me. Well, with our Dante's, the Dante, firmly in hand... Well, Nick firmly in hand, yep. just dancing off towards the gates of yep, hell. I'm me going. being dragged, going, no, there's a trick here. We have cocktails, we have backup cocktails that are bad, but still, hmm, see how we go. Are you ready for some stories, Nick? I definitely want a story. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Well, to start off season three, we are doing a little bit of a double whammy. Mm. We, of course, have a classic tale of murder and mayhem for you to enjoy. We're also going to have one of our much-loved, much-talked-about, and much-discredited history asides. <laughs> what do you mean, much-discredited? How dare you? Well, in my case, <laughs> I knew you would say that. I was typing it, and I knew Nick would take umbrage here. Insert Nick's shot. No, we are going to return to one of our favourite ingredients and subjects. Mm. Arsenic! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Let's get that out of the way. As we built our content for season three, a few people started to ask us for stories about the wider use of poisons in the Victorian home, in the average Victorian home. Now, we've touched on this a little in other episodes. Mainly it's driven around the just there's poison and people died. (laughs) Also, in our expert witness chat that we have with Dr. Catherine Harcourt, which I heartily recommend you listen to wonderful writer but this week we're going to look at one area in particular where our good friend arsenic was prevalent in the field of decoration nick Mm. so nick i want you to come with me now okay come with me i will take me take me come with me now on a trip through the victorian home to see what we can find (laughs) now picture a victorian home nick what do you see what does it look like oh there's christmas trees are plenty all over the place (laughs) There's a, there's a small urchin carrying a goose. <laughs> Just like 365 days a year, he's got a goose. An awful lot of servants going on yeah. around the place. What does the home look like? Home looks like, I mean, it's, I think it's very dark. 
It's, it's very lots of lots of things. I know the Victorian home was full of stuff, ornaments and objects, <laughs> lots of trinkets, lots of trinkets and tables with doilies and trinkets and pictures and <laughs> tiny little all sorts of things. Absolutely, yeah. and buckets two... of poison lying around the place. Well, that's very true. Okay, so that's one of the main things about the Victorian home <laughs> is that you can't you will you will notice that the average Victorian home is stocked to the gills with bottles of poison arsenic strychnine phosphorus gin gin's not a poison it's just nice to have around (laughs) but for treating your ailments clearing up your skin getting rough on rats and giving your love life a jolt in one way or another yes (laughs) i mean one does need arsenic for re-lovelification purposes you do you do you need to slop off all those blemishes absolutely (laughs) but what you might not see is all of the poisons that are in the home you won't see them at first glance not just because the maid has hidden them in her skirts. Because <laughs> they're in the soup. <laughs> <laughs> Stuffed into dumplings. No, they're hidden in plain sight. But the second most important thing about the Victorian home is something you picked up on. You said dark. Yes. Now, when we picture Victorian homes, most of us will be forgiven for thinking gothic. It's dark because of the books we've read and the films we've seen. That sort of palette. And also the association of Victorians with ghosts. And with seances, you know, this is a very spiritual, very ghostly sort of era. I was mainly thinking, like, no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> they, had a, they, had, they had gas lamps. Well, gas lamps, but the gas lamps are not going to be the same as, like, a 100-watt LED, are they? <laughs> so, <laughs> so what you just couldn't see, is that it? Everyone's wandering around, bumping into And they tables, did, like, they're, like, like, heavy fabrics and things, and big, chunky curtains that yeah. kept out the... Because, obviously, no lady could be in front of the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there must be a continual pallor over the whole building. Well, the thing about the home is that while it may have been dark because of the lighting the color palette was incredibly bright yeah, true, true, true. the fact is the victorian home was becoming resplendent with color yeah. in terms of its decor and because of its designs the vogue at the time was for vibrant reds yellows purples and of course a glorious green these are colors that would be painted on ornaments on furniture and the dye used to make the most exquisite wallpaper absolutely Mm, and wall hangings not to mention the fabulous gowns that ladies would wear in high society and what were these colors these pigments these incredibly beautiful suddenly mass-produced hues that you could douse your home in quite literally (laughs) what were they made of yes yes (laughs) tell me tell me you can say it if you want natural things (laughs) natural pigments indeed natural pigments mainly from arsenic compounds the green ones yes no red and yellow I knew yeah I didn't know red was I knew yellow I knew yellow was but I didn't know know red would you like to have a quick history I would love uh, I would love that colourful arsenic I did not know red was arsenic these sorts of vibrant colours that would have been more mass produced would have come from vegetable dyes yes but lo and behold with the march of the industrial revolution in the late 1700s comes a marvellous byproduct of the metal industry known as arsenic trioxide yeah now this is where the white powdery goodness that features in all of our stories well most of our stories <laughs> comes from in short industrialists found that arsenic trioxide was a waste material produced when smelting metal ore, or that is extracted from the earth it's been contaminated yep. by arsenic and suddenly you get powdery goodness in the chimneys and they realize oh this is very good for getting rid of pests and getting rid of anything, anything yeah anything anyone get so, rid of it so yeah waste product we can sell this for pest control bada bing bada boom but certain arsenic compounds are very brightly colored and they mm-hmm. have been used for millennia they have been used for a very long time and you have real gar which is ruby red and you have orpiment which is yellow i knew orpiment mm. I, did, I didn't i did not know the red i have real learned gar. a new thing there you are they have been used as i said for centuries mm. 
thousands of years thousands of years but with the industrial revolution you now have people able to mass produce arsenic compounds and use them as pigments and also to invent new ones enter a man named carl wilhelm scheel hello carl do you know who he is i don't you should should i Uh, for two reasons he's a swedish german chemist he discovered oxygen he discovered it. Yes, which sounds like a very, it's a very roundabout way of saying it, but you have to write, there's no other way of writing it. And all of the historians of the chemists are like, look, he, he just discovered it. Fire air, he called it. It was a very strange thing. I'm not a chemist. I can't explain it. You don't he, say. He worked out, this is oxygen. He was the first person to go, that's what this is. And everyone went, oh, okay, well done. Well, well done him. Well done him. His chemical history, his history as a chemist, he's a very, very important person. But what we know him best for, probably, is that he is the man behind Shields Green. Oh, I've heard of Shields Green. Suddenly it twigs. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shields Green, an arsenic compound that, through a rather complex process of combining various copper solutions and sodium carbonate, produces the most beautiful, vibrant green colour. What how lovely. The green that we probably associate the most with the Victorian era, that really kind of it's impossible to describe yeah i know exactly i can picture it in my head but how do you describe it apart from that particular victorian green it's (laughs) also known as paris green Mm. and the closest thing you can probably describe is that you've got a lot of uh buildings that had copper in them and they've got that sort of 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 verdigree sort of exactly going on yeah it's very close to that so he invented that and then everyone was like i want a piece of that yay Mm. it's very similar to the color of my walls no it isn't is that sort of green colour? Oh, that oh that one. Sorry, yes, no, yes not the white one. <laughs> I thought you were ha- losing your mind no, for a minute. The, that green wall over there. The green chartreuse had gone to your head, and you were hallucinating. <laughs> I'm in Paris, everybody. <laughs> Shields green and other arsenic pigments were all the rage in Victorian England because for manufacturers and customers because they didn't fade vegetable dyes did these stayed true. They were vibrant mm. and they were very very cheap to produce. Mm. Mm, delicious. They were so popular that they were not only favoured in their use in colourful wallpaper, but as I said, also dresses, hair pieces, dipped flowers that you'd have in the house, wax fruits, fake fruits that you had in big piles, that was very fashionable. Also used as a food colouring. Mm, nice, tasty. And on children's toys. Excellent. So you have a home literally soaked in poison. There's no two ways around it. And when that happens, things are going to get dark. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think there would be loads of people would be Machiavellian and, and, and have, use use this as an excuse to commit a lot of murders. I ask him a lot of people a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> people kept messaging going, there must be murders associated with yeah. it. No, in fiction, yes. Yeah, loads. absolutely. Normally just people were starting to get quite ill. First of all, the people working in the factories, they're starting to get sick because they're breathing in yeah. or handling poison daily and they end up falling over suffering from the effects of death. <laughs> I mean, that classic, classic symptom. It's a sign that something's wrong. But workers dying, no one cares about that. Poor people. Meh. But when news reports start circulating about normal people in My houses, God, not rich people. Oh, yes. Suffering the ill effects of their beautifully decorated homes, the press got panicky. Stop licking the wallpaper. That is the very thing. That is something that someone picked up on going up. When the arguments about how toxic wallpaper was at the time someone actually said unless you're licking the wallpaper it can't hurt you turned out he was wrong the snozberries taste like snozberries <laughs> <laughs> the arsenic tastes like arsenic it <laughs> was a very dark version <laughs> yeah, really was. charlie and the chocolate factory of death 
Oh, look at this lovely mural of lovely strychnine tree. <laughs> Belladonna plants lick them. Oh, no, they're dead. <laughs> oh, no, they're dead. We really have to remarket this. So you do have, you'll feel bad now. You'll, um, you've got a couple of cases of children falling very, very ill. I think there was one death. And you've got children who are playing with their toys and they, they put them in their mouth. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. children do. And they get really ill. And I think there was a death associated with some children in a Victorian home and they picked up the fake fruit. So that was big in fashion. If it yep. wasn't made of wax, wax is very expensive. But you have the bowls of the wooden fruit that are painted in these beautiful pigments. Kid picks up an apple, like, ah, like that. Yeah, and absolutely. drops down dead because there's arsenic all over it. <laughs> and everyone was like, hmm, that's curious. I wonder what was wrong with him. He was poisoned, you idiots. <laughs> this is also why kids never like fruit now. From like a genetic memory of it being poisoned. <laughs> Right, are you saying all kids are connected to this one yeah. kid? Yeah, absolutely, that's how it works. That was the mother kid. Yes. <laughs> Science! <laughs> you questioned the man who invented oxygen, <laughs> and now you've worked out kids. Now, yeah, psychic kids throughout the years. <laughs> the children of the corn. <laughs> the children of the corn, they have like... This is a psychic the memory of the poison fruit. That's how these things work. In Moving children. on. <laughs> The price for fashion was even higher, Nick. Now, there's some brilliant books that are out at the moment about uh, fashion that kills and, and yes. in that era. Uh, and I'm just going to touch on it very briefly here. But you have these women wearing these incredible green dresses. I mean, these colours are staggering it's now. Absolutely. And can you imagine having an entire ball gown dipped in this sort of colour? It's incredible. There was one lady in 1871 positively preening to her friends about the box of green gloves that she had bought from a very well-known fashion house. And she had these gloves and she was going to wear them to all of the events and she was showing them off. But no sooner as she put them on, her hands were covered in angry blisters and were seeping and oozing. The dye in the gloves had not been properly sealed. Not easy to do. And she had sweaty hands because she was wearing gloves. Wearing gloves. <laughs> which is why you'd wear the gloves. So no one sees your sweaty, sweaty red hands. And it absorbed the poison and she her hands were falling off. Yeah. Just a bit and she's probably going, oh, my hands are a bit ratchy. I better wear my gloves yes. to cover up this. Um, <laughs> one day, takes her gloves off and her hands come off too. <laughs> it was said women were wearing enough poison to kill a room full of suitors. Nice. Gives a new meaning to the word slay when you're going out. Yes, it does. Oh, you don't know that expression, do I you? I do know that expression. You do? I, it took me a while slay. to get that. <laughs> slay! <laughs> but, Nick, you may be wondering how wallpaper kills you. Yeah, I was. Absolutely, yes. You were still thinking about the gloves that tear off your hands and those psychic kicks who know so psychic, much. Yeah, they know all the things. <laughs> keep them out, keep them out. You're just going to go to sleep rocking back and forth thinking about that, aren't you? <laughs> you walk down the street and there's a kid looking at you. No, he knows! <laughs> <laughs> he knows the secrets. Well, folks who had bought the very latest fabulous wallpaper from William Morris. Oh, absolutely. Mm, and other, other manufacturers were available. <laughs> Seemingly William no Morris one and others. about it. <laughs> That was William Morris, and then everyone else was like, Mr. Morris, can we ride on your coattails? Mm. <laughs> they found their homes were mercifully free of pests. Mo- yeah. yeah, there were no bed bugs, nice. no fleas, even the rats were keeping away. Oh my god, this is wonderful. They must know this is a house that is it's a fancy too respectable. House. Absolutely. Too lovely. But then when people start collapsing, mm, <laughs> there are problems. Again, this is not all at once. I don't want to give the impression that there was suddenly a mass tidal wave of people just all fainting in the houses and everyone, <laughs> oh, we must do something. No, this is over a very long period of time. We have people who are making flock wallpaper. Mm. So you know flock wallpaper? I do know flock wallpaper. Velvety, lovely well, texture. Nicely, nicely strokeable. Yeah, yeah, stroke the furry wall. Beautiful patterns. Why does that sound rude? It's from a film. <laughs> <laughs> so these are beautiful patterns where tiny bits of wool fibre dipped in the mm. dye 
are stuck to like a fleur de lis or a like, early version of paisley or anything like that and they are stuck on your wall so the workers who are doing this are just breathing in fibers constantly but yeah oh they're workers screw them yeah, but in the home is that if you brush against the paper the fiber is going to be released Absolutely. you can breathe them in so the all these comments about licking the wallpaper oh mm-hmm. you can do that no just brushing against them flop wallpaper releasing arsenic but the real problem was is that even if you don't have furry wallpaper if the wallpaper or your walls or your house became damp and then mouldy, which was very likely, yeah, very, very likely in the Victorian era, the mould reacts to the arsenic. It creates mould. Mould tries to fight the arsenic. <laughs> it does, literally. Okay. And in fighting it, it releases a gas. Excellent. Yes. So this gas, this poisonous gas is seeping out of the wallpaper as the mould and the arsenic fight each other to the death. <laughs> but some people said it smelled of garlic. Some people said it smelled of mouse. Nice. Yep, garlic. Ma- garlic More mouse. likely that it was garlic. People maybe had never smelt garlic before and said, this smells like a mouse. What? But yes, you have this toxic gas being released by the wallpaper just being wallpaper into the home and it's inhaled. And so... Terror is starting to ripple through society about how deadly one's home is. Queen Victoria <laughs> had all of the green wallpaper in one room of the palace taken down after a visiting dignitary fell ill while staying there. Oh. So Queen Victoria is talking about it, then everyone's like, oh, scandal, scandal, scandal. <laughs> You've got chemists and industrialists and certain people going, wait a minute, maybe poison isn't the best form of decoration. Maybe not, maybe no. not. Not the best marketing message to send out there. Indeed. Did it stop anyone? No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. not. No regulations on poison being used in dyes. We barely can have a regulation on it being sold to people who exactly. are clearly standing there sharpening a knife. Absolutely, yeah. As I will detail later. But you Using dyes in clothes and decor. Oh, no, it's fine. So help yourself. And uh, everyone wanted to buy yeah, it. Go for it. And you do have famous designers like William Morris. Love his prints. Love his prints today. Is beloved the world over. What I've read so far, William Morris really did not give a fuck about the people oh, in his God, factory. No, absolutely not. Didn't visit them. Did no. not visit them. Was one of the most vocal voices in the argument in the press from two sides where you've got chemists and you've got doctors saying the wallpaper is potentially killing people. And the industrialist going, no, 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 no. Unless no. you lick it, this is absolute rubbish. There's other things that are killing people. And it's like, you're putting poison into wallpaper. Stop <laughs> doing it. But it's a lovely green. It's a lovely green. But it's a lovely green. Eventually, they would make, and they branded it arsenic-free wallpaper. Oh, luxury. 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 They found a way to get the pigment. And, and as soon as they were able to guarantee making money going forward, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we won't put arsenic in it. But this is How years. Kind? This is yeah. years. This well, it's got, it's got to make financial sense, hasn't it? You, you, you're doing nothing illegal. I mean, it's what we see today. You do nothing illegal, morally questionable, shall we say? <laughs> but it's there. Uh, it's not against the law. Who needs of these morals? Exactly, it's not against the law. Mm. I can get away with it. I'm going to make some cash. I'm and doing it. I think you and I can both empathise to a tiny little point of. We're like, it may kill us, but it's very pretty. It's very nice. It's very pretty. That's a very, very nice wallpaper. Oh, we'll get a bit sick, but we'll die we'll be in beautiful d- surroundings. Exactly. We'll die a bit lovely. <laughs> so the trade in poison wallpaper would eventually stop. All you had to worry about was your loved ones <laughs> trying to kill you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But one last thing on wallpaper. Yes, do tell. As I said, finding details of cases of murder or death that are directly involved with wallpaper is quite difficult mm-hmm. because they're sort of generalised accounts that are used in the press and you try and dig and you find trying to find details and they're few and far between. They're very, very, like, one line or two. But there is one case that people refer back to a lot. Oh, there's one that springs to mind, I must admit. Yes, what's that, that one? leapt to mind. Was it a French person, by any chance? A Frenchman. A Frenchman on St. Helena, is it? St. <gasps> Helena. Or Helena. So, yes. Was Helena. it Helena? I thought I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> is, it Na- is it Napoleon? It is Napoleon. It is Napoleon. Napoleon Bonaparte, the death of Napoleon Bonaparte. Boney, the emperor, that absolute fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not a nice man. But still. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole history of Napoleon. Let's not go into the history let's, of Napoleon, Let's not no. do that. Let's not do that. There are other podcasts for that. And also, oh, 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 the horror. Now, at the end of his life, Napoleon was exiled by the British onto St. Helena? Helena? However we want to pronounce it. Let's onto say, the, island. Say, the, the island. The island. The island. The island. I am not a number. <laughs> I am a French bastard. <laughs> I'm a French emperor. His home, Longwood House wasn't in a very good state of repair mm. and it was reported that the British were very happy with this oh yeah we want to hasten Napoleon's death yeah. we we don't want it to be comfortable so on St Helena he has this house he has companions who are with him his guards there is the governor of the island who who does like allow him to have an expenses and things like that you know yeah. he's sort of like under house arrest he's allowed to host dinner parties but he complained a lot about the conditions of what he was living in because the island was very prone to damp it was mouldy. The house was in, in very good condition, as I said. Well, so, if, you, if you've been the emperor of most of Europe yeah. for a, a number of years and then you're stuck in a house, you're probably going to get a bit moaning. You're probably used to the nicer things yes. in life. So, Also, if you're Napoleon Bonaparte and you're complaining to the British, the British are basically going to go, well, I'm going <laughs> to flick V-signs at you for a very, very long time. Yeah. Boo-hoo-hoo, poor Napoleon. <laughs> Napoleon died on the 5th of May, 1821. Initially put down to stomach cancer mm. some people still think that that is the cause but as was befitting his reputation people also clamoured to say that there had been a plot to poison him because he had displayed a lot of the symptoms we'd normally associate with arsenic poisoning oh. at the end it wasn't until the 1960s that hair samples from Emperor B were tested 
and were found to contain very high levels of arsenic. And this is what starts the debate. Okay, Mm. had he been poisoned? Had he been flooded with arsenic before his death? Enough people believe that he is murdered. But there are others who point to the beautiful red and gold wallpaper in his rooms at the Longwood house. The paper contained high, high levels of arsenic and the damp and mouldy conditions on the island, which were well noted, and in his letters as well, going, it's very Mm. damp and mouldy, I don't like it, it smells of mouse and garlic, I don't know what that's about. (laughs) All of these conditions could have certainly produced the toxic gas that we referred to earlier. But is it enough to kill him? Well, he's getting on a bit at this point, and mm. he's he's been through a lot mm. as well, and he he's not well. No, oh. so he's he's not at all well. So, no. could it be enough to push him over the edge? It's been determined potentially kill a a, a young healthy man, probably not. No, but and make you sick, uh, make you sick. But for an older person who yeah who's been through it, he's not well anyway, mm. and just. It's kind of relative. Wallpaper could have very well, probably did, contribute to Mm. his ill health, maybe even hastening his death. And later research and tests found that Napoleon's body and all the samples that they had and everything that they could work from showed that Napoleon was most likely contaminated with arsenic all his life. This is true. And this is where little bits of information taken in isolation can be misconstrued. Because Mm. as we know on this show there are people of certain eras where arsenic is just part of their life they are just riddled with it yeah. and they are living perfectly happy perfectly lives happily, 24 hours a day there it is absolutely yeah. he would have been wearing all of the outfits that had the dyes in them yep. so he would have been gently sort of been susceptible and exposed to arsenic did not have good health all of his life mm. so it all adds up and adds up and adds up so maybe arsenic is responsible yeah going to the fanciest of parties with the loveliest of green wallpapers in Indeed. the ballrooms and such shaking and hands with green gloved women absolutely who are going oh this really hurts <laughs> so yes interesting note a scrap of that very wallpaper mm. was sold at auction in 2003 for 1200 pounds that's quite a lot of money for a bit of wallpaper a tiny tiny scrap tiny wee bit of wallpaper but I think couldn't quite find the trail in this but it was bought by an anonymous buyer but i think that wallpaper was used for tests later on and they sold it and they said use it for tests to find out what happened to him quite cool to have though wouldn't it bit of wallpaper (laughs) from napoleon's house where he died (laughs) what are you gonna do show it to people when they come around just like in a frame look at my poison look at my poison yeah that'd be quite cool that'd be quite cool yeah and it was very red and gold yeah very red and gray fame and yeah from napoleon's exiled house possibly responsible for his death it's a very big plaque it's a very big plaque <laughs> and the course, extreme of consciousness yeah absolutely <laughs> a frame like 12 foot line tiny bit of wallpaper right in the middle of a <laughs> massive thing so there you go that is a little quick history okay of wallpaper in the victorian of wallpapery death and of napoleon bonaparte nice mm. like it now i do have a story oh okay it's season three opener good bumper episode so i have a little story that does feature our old friend arsenic nice Mm -hmm. i couldn't do this without my plan was to talk about wallpaper talk about shield screen thought you know what an arsenic story will be fine quite right and then i found one and midway through researching it found a reference to everything we've been talking about perfect by accident so perfect ha 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 so are you ready for a story well um, well i don't know are (laughs) we ready for a story your hand is creeping over (laughs) season three three drinks i think it's important i I think it sounds appropriate okay did i pick the last card (laughs) okay okay (laughs) i'm really scared (laughs) okay so 
Drink number three. <laughs> it's the poisonous martini. This is one of my own devising. Oh, a Nick original? It's a Nick original. For season three, yes. Oh, this is a great way to finish up, isn't it? So I thought you... With you, the whole you, story. You picked wisely. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, let's settle in for the short story that I have to end this episode, but to also launch season three with a poisonous martini. Time for us to go and shake up a storm. See you in a minute. See you in a bit. And we're back! Hello again, 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 again. Oh, Nick, the poisoner's martini. It looks so classy. Yeah, it looks lovely. It looks very nice. And you're also a little bit preening about your new glasses. I'm, I'm very much liking my new glasses. <laughs> well, these are yeah. birthday presents. These are my birthday present from my lovely sister. Aww, and they're beautiful. She's bought me some lovely martini glasses. Yeah, well, they're fancy. Pretty. And a very lovely clear-ish. Clear-ish. Martini. Mm, yeah. Love a martini. So, okay. All right. What have you done, Nick? <laughs> You'll find out. Uh, green is the thing. What's he done? We'll see. We'll see. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's nice. Oh, I like that. That's strong. It's strong. I mean, fuck it. It's strong. It's bold. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, yes, it but, um, stings the nostrils in a good way. I like that. Good. I'm very glad. It's got. It's got quite a sour aftertaste. I'm not sure if that's right. It's, it's yeah, it's definitely got something it's got a that sourness to yeah. it, which I don't mind, which I don't normally associate with a martini. That actually worked a lot better than I thought. I thought I made this up, and I thought, oh, it should work. It could work. <laughs> and it's the first time I tried it, and it has worked quite nicely. That's the second sip all mellows nicely. Oh, okay, I'm Please liking this. With that. Nick, yeah. you got to talk us through it. Or well, is it a, is it a trade secret? No, no, I'm. You're a benevolent god. I, I, I can tell, knowing that half the people who listen to this will not be ever able to make this. <laughs> Right? Okay. Has it got your own tears in it? No, because one of these ingredients is illegal in the United States of America. No, what? <laughs> it's, but, uh, I'm, but my brain is just exploding. Like, what's is, illegal in America? Yep, it is not available for purchase. It is illegal to be imported. <laughs> so it, is, it starts off as, as a classic martini. My general preferred is like a three to one sort of ratio. Nice. Um, yeah, is like my it, yeah. sort of standard martini ratio. Which would be? Which would be three parts gin to one part vermouth. Very nice. But this has got something extra. So I've given this just a, a slight dash, a rinse in the glass okay. of a special ingredient. Okay. Special ingredient that I've just bought just for you. Okay. <laughs> this is, it comes in its own. What? Special wooden bottle. What? Elixir vegetal. Uh, De la grande chartreuse. He has been talking about this for as long as I have known him. He said there is a grand, there is a bigger chartreuse. There is a bigger there is chartreuse. There is a bigger chartreuse. It's out there. It's, it's out, out there. there. It comes in a wooden box. And You've I bought fucking some. fucking done it. And I bought some. You have done it. <laughs> what have you done? So, now, the, this is actually, in America, is classed as a medicine. And it is not no. FDA approved. So it is illegal to be imported <laughs> into the United States. So but if you're in Europe, have at it. <laughs> okay, can I look at the bottle? Because it is 69%. Jesus. <laughs> um, by alcohol volume. Oh my goodness. Um, which is terrifying. So yeah, it comes in a little wooden box. Yep. I'll have to share a picture of this. Yeah, absolutely. It's great stuff. Already, you open it up like a Russian doll. And then inside <laughs> is a dusty, probably from the wood. Probably from the wood. <laughs> from this, oh God. It's dark. Oh, very green. Very green. It's so green, <laughs> it's insane. So this, supposedly, 
I, mean, I can't remember which episode it was in, but I talked about the the chap who supposedly had the recipe the for monk. the monk who had the recipe for, for chartreuse. Now, this is supposedly the original recipe. Wow. The green chartreuse that we know you get in a bottle is a variation that came about mm. 50 years or so later. The yellow chartreuse later still. But this is the original chartreuse recipe, <laughs> which they still make. The, in the, the monks still make it. Known to like three monks in the world know how to make this stuff. <laughs> it can be only um, one, like Highlander. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's incredibly strong. It's incredibly yeah. potent. Yeah. It's got none of the sweetness that you would perhaps no. associate with the normal the green chartreuse none of that it is chartreuse concentrated yes concentrated <laughs> twiggyness maybe if you'd served this to me the first place i would have yeah. punched you in the face <laughs> so i mean generally they say you either have it a couple of drops it comes with a like a dropper attachment on the bottle so, so drops. yeah so yeah. you literally have it by a drop so they either say it is in like a, a glass of water you have two or three drops of an evening as a medicinal oh. sort of thing other people drink it like they would absinthe on a sugar cube iced water this time i've used it as a rinse in the glass good idea but you would want no more no you can taste than it that as because well. it would literally send you insane yeah this is going to be the thing that breaks us and you put something in there that was medicinal and twiggy but i wasn't going oh, okay green chartreuse there was something otherworldly about it <laughs> and that's the only way i can describe it and i'm not opposed to it though you loved it immediately oh uh, yeah like, absolutely I can go, but on a in a good martini which you sip yeah, absolutely. After a while, you're not going to down it. That's the sort of thing. Well, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. The grand chartreuse. <laughs> La grande chartreuse. The big chartreuse. <laughs> banned in America. Whereas you have to come over here and just going into Weatherspoon. It's going to be the grand chartreuse and Stella. <laughs> wow, you have knocked it out of the park. And truly, the poisonous martini. Because well, it is, exactly, this is the poisonous martini. And it is poison to some people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to the FDA, apparently. Well, wonderful. With the poisonous martini martinis firmly in hand would you like a little story I would to finish love off? a little story to finish up wonderful okay Nick we are at the boarding house of Mary Ann Burdock okay where an old woman lies dead ooh a maid may have seen too much <laughs> and there is something distinctly off colour with the whole situation <laughs> slightly green tinge by any chance <laughs> the, all the colours all Nick, the colours all the colours <laughs> kaleidoscope of death <laughs> Mary Ann Burdock was born Mary Ann Williams to a labouring family. Mm. They worked the land. And she moved to Bristol when she was 19. And she was looking for a good time. She was looking to be cast off the, the boring life of a, of a farmhand, of a farming family. Oh, she was going to go to Bristol. Ooh, Bristol? It's a farm place. Yes. Absolutely. A lot going on in Bristol. She was said to be beguiled at an early age. Oh. Aren't and we all destined for a life of dodgy dealings? Aren't we all? Now, <laughs> whether people think that, that she was beguiled because of love interests or mm. whether she was just a loose woman, maybe. <laughs> Not no. She was married for a time to a sailor. He deserted her. <laughs> boo. Boo. That's quite sad. Then she took up with other lovers. She drank. She had a good time. She lived a fairly promiscuous life which was described at the time it was not becoming of a woman of the era she also though allowed other loose women to come and stay with her so she kind of made friends in the area gave them shelter and kind of let them stay in her house how she ended up with a house or her lodgings whether it was through her lovers we don't know mm. you know but she was looking out for a sister yeah, which I quite like, yeah, like that. Good. but she would eventually meet and fall in love with another sailor uh, a man named Wade uh, Charles Wade he's known as Wade 
Okay. Different people give him different first names and also second <laughs> names, weirdly, but Wade is consistent in here. And he was quite a sickly gentleman, but she loved him. They lived as common law man and wife. Mm-hmm. He was determined to marry her, but he was just too poor. Oh. At some point, Marianne decides that she needs a more respectable business than just drinking and shagging people potentially for money and <laughs> opens up a boarding house. Okay. Where she can have an air of legitimacy. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, the boarding house maybe isn't doing terribly well. The, the future isn't looking too bright. Marianne, and she definitely needs cash, pretty sharpish, to keep her and her ailing husband and whatever her plans are for the future. When who should rock up in September 1833? Who? But Clara Smith, Ooh. 60 years old. Okay. Widowed. No family to care for her. Oh, poor Clara. She has a distant brother and a nephew maybe somewhere, but no one to really look after her not anything to her name apart from a jewellery box and <laughs> £700 in gold coins yeah that'll do it and £100 in banknotes and all of these Clara's flaunting a lot of this stuff around <laughs> everyone knows about all this she's going look at my stuff <laughs> wouldn't you she turns up at the boarding house and being an old dear an old dear she's like I don't trust my goods to the bank I will keep them in my strong box right. and I'm going to keep them secure in this boarding house she's saying to Marianne Marianne's eyes are on stalks yeah. right now <laughs> yes please and, come in and where do you keep the key for safekeeping exactly yes don't you worry dear I'll look after you mm. of course it's not long before Marianne <laughs> starts to take a personal interest in Clara's mm. health first off she asks another of her lodgers to go and buy something to help her. Go and buy some arsenic. Deal with the rats, actually. Deal with oh, the rats with under the rats. Her, her husband's bed. There are rats under her husband's bed. And that's well, that, not very good for no her No one lodgers. wants that. No, no one, one wants, wants that. that. The husband's like, what? Shut up. The lodger's name is Edward Evans. Got a little bit of PC Morris, a little bit of arsenic. <laughs> nice. He says, not to worry, you can count on me. You can count on me, Marianne. Give me the tuppence for the arsenic. Go straight out and spend it on beer. Brilliant, brilliant. Love him. I think he is genuinely stupid because <laughs> he doesn't try to lie or anything. No, I he, don't he comes back to the house and she goes, where's the arsenic? And he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Love him. Goes back out and like gets his mates and goes, fucking give me tuppence. I need to buy arsenic. I completely forgot. <laughs> gets, <laughs> borrows money. Spent it on beer. Brilliant. Gets the tuppence. Goes to the chemist. Hello, good sir. I would like some arsenic. Tuppence worth of arsenic. One arsenic, please. <laughs> chemist says... No, I'm not selling it to you without witnesses because you're pissed. And also, you're very drunk. Goes out of the shop, gets two of his mates from the pub, drags them into the Brilliant. chemist. Foolproof. They're all propping up the counter like, as we can totally vouch for this man. <laughs> <laughs> chemist looks them up and down. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The witnesses are here. Fine. Absolutely. You two drunks give me no pause for thought whatsoever. The only trouble is there is no white arsenic left, he explains to them. Would they like some lovely yellow arsenic? Well, yes, pigmented. Edward Evans said to the chemist as he's holding out the yellow arsenic, going, is this enough? He says, is it enough to poison a man? I mean, Edward Evans, sort yourself out, mate. Come on. Chemist said, yeah, about half of Bristol, this'll do. (laughs) Edward Evans says, then we have a deal. And the chemist said, absolutely fine, no problem. Brilliant, brilliant. (laughs) Off they go into the night. Chemist is like, this is none of my business. Absolutely. I've got the cash, it's fine. But Edward Evans, again, he just goes back and gives it to Marianne. And no conversation is had after this. He is not involved in this case. Here you go, Marianne. I'll go back to the pub. Love you. (laughs) So it's not long before Clara Smith starts to feel ill. Yeah, unsurprisingly, that Mm. one. But it's a little bit of the slight... 
dosing over time. You can't be too blatant with such things. You can't, you can't. What is wonderful, though, is the steps that Marianne takes outside of the small dosing of Clara Smith. Uh, The dutiful landlady, she makes sure that her meals are brought up to her. Clara Smith cannot come down for her meals now in the boarding house. She's too ill. So she'll take her meals in her room. Very kind. Marianne hires a neighbour's 14-year-old daughter, who's also called Marianne, so I'm just going to call her a nursemaid. She she, she hires her as a nursemaid. I'm just going to call her that to avoid confusion. She pays the girl weekly. No. Instructs her that she must never eat any of the food that is sent up to no, Miss no. Smith. No, that is for Miss Smith. No, that's not for, Mrs. for Smith. you. No, you go home for your meals. You yeah. go home for your meals. So as to assure her that she's just not being tight, which you can imagine, going no food for you. You go home. Marianne claims that Mrs. Smith is a dirty old woman who likes to spit and everything. Well, that's not overly nice, is it? Really, it's not very nice. Not but very... that's not true. Also. No, no, no. I mean, it's not very nice of her to spread such rumours. Not that it's very nice that she spits in things. I don't believe she did. But it's not very nice to spread such rumours that she did. But, like, yeah, she was thinking of, like, having little leftovers yeah. or anything. She, like, she spits in everything, so yeah. no taste. She's very dribbly. She's very, very dribbly. Oh, <laughs> the nursemaid obviously thinks, wow, what a great gig I've got. Yay. <laughs> she does what she's told. Yeah. And Mrs. Smith seems to be in good spirits. She tended to her over the next couple of days. She's okay. She's talking about getting up and about. She's she's talking about maybe moving lodging houses at some mm. point because she just wants to move around a bit. And Marianne Burdock keeps peering at, at different points, just sort of like peering round stairways at the nursemaid as she's like bringing the slops out, kind of like, hey, has she said anything? Has she said anything? <laughs> she did, <laughs> New instructions that she gives her. If she says anything about moving lodgings, you tell her that you don't know of any anywhere in Bristol. No, there are none. Very strict instructions. None of that. Also, how's she doing? Is she any worse? I mean, better. Is she fine? Is she fine? One evening, Marianne goes up to see Mrs. Smith. And she says, I will make you a nice bowl of gruel. What's not to love about a nice bowl of gruel? Mrs. Smith is literally shouting at her, going, I don't want any gruel. No, it's absolutely what you need. Here I go. Off I go. Comes back up with a basin of gruel. The nursemaid is sort of standing there. What the fuck is going on (laughs) watching this? She's bringing the basin up to her door. And then she sort of turns and then goes into a room next to it. Nursemaid sort of puts her head around the door. And she sees Marianne taking out a package. (gasps) And sprinkling two pinches of what she calls yellow powder into the gruel. Mm. She finds very striking because it's yellow powder. What do people are doing with that? She asked Marianne. Nice bit of turmeric. Some saffron. (laughs) Some lovely seasonings <laughs> going on on the gruel. Marianne turns around. Nursemaid stands there. What are you doing? And she goes, no, it's it's medicine. It's medicine for the patient. But no. you mustn't tell her because otherwise she won't take it. Because oh, yeah, she's true. a cantankerous old woman. She won't have anything that's given to her. Very true. She says this while scrubbing her hands with a brush <laughs> and her nails. She is literally tearing up her skin to get any trace of the powder <laughs> off. Going, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Don't mention it to her whatsoever. <laughs> the nursemaid does what she's told. Bless yeah. She's 14. She's 14. She's 14. Yeah, absolutely. She's getting paid. The old lady drinks half the gruel down. Mm. And mere minutes later, she is in agony. Mm. Mer- nursemaid tries to get a doctor. Marianne Burdock says, no, Mrs. Smith wouldn't want one. <laughs> absolutely not. I think she's screaming for one right now. Mrs. Smith is in such pain that she is flailing around the bed she smashes her head on the headboard or the iron stand at one point she slips and then into a deep sleep or unconsciousness and by the morning she is dead Marianne then leaps into action this is from one source of the time after her death she opened a cupboard and drawers and applied abusive epithets to the deceased (gasps) 
and conducted herself in a most unfeeling manner, exclaiming, Only think of the drunken old bitch having this, as she was going through her stuff. Mm. Mm. No one likes abusive epithets. She told witnesses never to say anything of Mrs. Smith or who she was or what she was, nor that she had ever lived with her. And if anyone asked to say that she was a stranger, a foreigner, <laughs> far away in the East Indies, nor do you ever tell anyone, she said, you saw me put anything in the gruel for people might think it's curious. Right. Okay. Foolproof. Yeah. Foolproof. Rem- remind me of the, the lady's name who's just like, is Mrs. Smith? Clara Smith. Yeah, Clara Mrs. Smith. Smith. So we're going with Mrs. Smith, the foreigner from the East Indies. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Right, okay. I just wanted to clarify that in my head before I said that. But okay. No refuting that. <laughs> the morning after her death, Marianne's husband, Wade, he is seen by Edward, the drunkard who was at the pub. He's seen wearing Mrs. Smith's rings. Nice. At breakfast. Excellent. He dressed he... up for breakfast, which is pretty, you know. In her frock fancy. as well? Uh, I'm thinking he put on a full dry <laughs> full, full, he was he, he went for it. <laughs> he's in her heels, he's got her tiara. <laughs> I feel like Wade leaned into it a lot. <laughs> he went with it. Ed was just sitting there just spooning in scrambled eggs going, oh, okay. Marianne arranged for a very quick, very cheap funeral, telling everyone that Clara Smith, the old lady, had died penniless. There was only a little plate left that would just about cover the coffin. And it was a cheap coffin, a cheap funeral. Yeah. And no one from the boarding house attended. Oh, that's rude. Yeah. Marianne, of course, is seen depositing £500 in the bank shortly afterwards. Also gives cash for her husband in the weeks later on. Wade himself, despite all of the fabulous frocks in his drag act that never took <laughs> off, he was a very sickly man. He died um. a few weeks after Mrs. Smith. Now, there's nothing suspicious reported about this. Okay. The, there's no inference the, that Marianne did anything mm. to him. But Marianne was very soon back out on the market, uh, playing the well-off widow ended up marrying a tailor named Paul Burdock. Over a year had passed. Marianne must have been feeling pretty smug. It's got away with this, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Until December 1834, mm. when she gets a visit from Thomas Manley. Who's Thomas Manley? He's Clara's nephew. Oh, that'll do it. Mrs. Smith's nephew. He'd only just learned of her death. Only just arrived from the East Indies. <laughs> it takes a long time. It's a long time. It's a big old trick. He hadn't <laughs> seen his aunt for many years, about four years. Uh, so a little little bit I will say of him going you haven't seen my aunt for many years but I heard she's dead and I'm entitled to a massive inheritance many please mm, yeah. many 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 uh, Marianne's like no, no 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 she didn't leave anything she died alone she was penniless she was penniless like me I'm penniless I have no money don't look at that crystal chandelier uh, don't look at that bottle of chartreuse <laughs> on the brink of poverty she said she was Thomas is like no no, absolutely not. I know I was entitled to an inheritance here. Money grabbing as it is, he yeah. he does instigate the investigation. And so Clara's death, Mrs. Smith's death, is investigated. And her grave was exhumed on the 24th of December, Christmas Eve. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Carried out by then up-and-coming famed toxicologist William Herapath. Now, he's okay. not someone we've heard of a lot no, before. No, I'm not familiar with that name. He was an expert in his field. He was very mm. famous. Also at this exhumation was an undertaker, the sexton, three doctors, a coroner, quite the crowd. Mm. And they literally lift the coffin out and prop it up on some gravestones and then just sort of pick away at the nice. corpse. Yeah. I think they hold up a sheet. <laughs> well, you don't want everyone to see, do you? No, I mean, if it's it Christmas Eve and everyone's going to church, going, morning, yeah. morning, here's some viscera. There we are. <laughs> 
as they cut into the remains, they find that they are not only very well preserved mm. 14 months later, <laughs> but the stomach and the intestines are all covered with a strange bright yellow substance oh. that has not faded in time. And the experts conclude that this was orpiment. So the yellow so there must be a lot to coat the insides. Quite all <laughs> over there, all mm. over there. The arsenic compound that is used for colouring items. So, an inquest is held. The coroner's jury found that Mrs. Smith died from arsenic poison administered by Marianne, and she is charged with murder. the The nursemaid, the young nursemaid, was temporarily under suspicion. Yeah, she was cleared. Good, she was good. cleared. She was good, brought good, forward good. as a witness. Some of her testimonies weren't included in the cases because she was so terrified of being in court she literally fainted and had to be carried out that's why when you're 14 years old and you're accused of murdering someone yeah she'd seen or, terrible things it's, yeah absolutely I mean that's mm. going to freak you out when the trial starts in April 1835 the case is called Sensation in Bristol and huge crowds block the streets when Marianne arrives at court and they are said to be making the most discordant yells and groans oh how rude <laughs> Not discordant yells. Discordant <laughs> yells and groans are like, oh. <laughs> if they were in tune, they were in fine. <laughs> <laughs> and in court, William Herapath shows the results of his examination to the jury. He shows the yellow samples on the mm. intestines. They're brought in in glass jars. He nice. shows the yellow on the side. And he shows how only arsenic compounds could make these colours. And he shows a sample of Shields Green Ah, in good. the court to demonstrate how arsenic makes these colours. They even brought in her skull. <laughs> that was also yellow. For no reason. No, no it was reason, beautifully white go, and said she didn't knock her head. She, she couldn't have died from a head injury or I anything see, like okay. that. Right, okay. I but see, then I here's see. a skull. It does feel like... I mean, also, here's a skull. Yeah, here's a skull, yeah. They've seen an intestine. They've seen the lower and smaller intestines. They've seen the whole stomach. They've seen lovely, beautiful colours and a skull. <laughs> so they go, okay, right. The jury takes 18 minutes. Okay, that's impressive. To find Marianne Burdock near Williams guilty. That very much gets some sandwiches. Mm. <laughs> she was hanged two days later in front of a crowd. Work. Yeah. <laughs> in front of a crowd of 50,000 people. 50,000. All of Bristol turned All out. of Bristol turned all out. All of the West Country. All of the neighbours turned up. Oh, yes, yeah. this will be good. And she said nothing on the stand. Yeah. She claimed her innocence until the mm. last. But there you go. That is the story. That's a good story. I like that. Of Marianne Burdock, uh, of Shields Green, of wallpaper, <laughs> of deathly pigments in that era. <laughs> that was a really random way to end there. I know. I hadn't thought it through. <laughs> deathly pigments in the Victorian age. Very nice. Yeah. That was good. I like that. A his- bit of history, bit of murder, many, many cocktails. <laughs> what a fun drastic time has been had by all indeed i'd like the fact that this was a case where they didn't just get the regular arsenic they had to get the fancy arsenic the fancy arsenic out that's very true absolutely yeah well yes they they run out of the normal arsenic we had to buy the fancy arsenic there was a version of the events where the nursemaid said that the the gruel that was brought in to mrs smith after she put the yellow powder in she said it looked red mm-hmm which puzzled people mm. but then people were saying like is she confused is she just upset is it the colour of the basin yeah she's not <laughs> no, she's colour blind that was the whole thing 
but using shields green as well to show this is what demonstrate the range of colors that were exactly. available from yeah. arsenic if you think it's insane that that, that yellow is yeah, exactly as so you didn't know you know you didn't know about yeah, red absolutely or anything that if you think that arsenic can't produce these colors then there here, we here go they are. oh that was very good there we learned are. many things you've learned many many I like things. learning things napoleon Excellent. probably killed by wallpaper probably killed by wallpaper <laughs> That martini's gone really straight to my head. That is a good martini. It's a good martini, but fuck it strong. <laughs> We've learnt about wallpaper. We've learnt about things that could kill you in the Victorian home. Oh. And happily, we'll delve into this a bit more if people like to hear yeah. a bit more of it. If you want to hear about the fashion. If you have other areas that you'd like us to cover, very happy to dip into and see if we can find a case that matches it. Mm, most certainly. But yes, and just landladies going, oh, old women, don't turn up at a boarding house going, I have but only this big trunk of jewels. Yes, I've only got this, all this got, this all I have in the world, this big pile of cash. That's all I have. <laughs> Leaning into the landlady going, yep, if I died, no one would care. Nobody whatsoever. Well, good night. <laughs> I do feel bad for the 14-year-old nursemaid. I mean, yeah, she yeah, she was put through it. That, that seems a bit harsh. <laughs> that is um, a tough first job. Yeah. Also, like, the chap afterwards wearing all the jewellery. Yes, the so, husband. It's like, <laughs> it's like, he's having a grand time. I'm crazy, but you like that. Yeah. And also Edward, who's just pissing away all the money yeah. from the... It's like, oh, I forgot the arsenic, sorry! It must have been That's a regular brilliant. thing going like, okay, Edward, did you get the groceries I asked you to? Uh, no. No. But I did get you this half pint. I got Here you go. lovely pint of beer. <laughs> Would you like some crisps? You still want the groceries? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. And then to beg his mates for the money to buy the, buy the arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need some money to buy poison. We want a part of this. <laughs> his mates are outside the, the pharmacy going, come on! And, and he goes and drags them in to be witnesses. So. They probably thought it was a great yeah, night out. I mean, this feels very much like what we would do. <laughs> Let's go. Ole, 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 ole. Arsenic, arsenic. <laughs> Marvellous. Well, what do you think, people? What do you think about the wallpaper and the decor of the Victorian age? What do you think about Mary Ann Burdock and her basically killing her oh, lodger? Yeah, There's no two must. ways yeah, around it. Exactly. What do you think about the pigments of the Victorian age? Are there more stories that we could cover on this? Mm. Any ones that you can recommend, please just send us messages. Put them in the comments of any of the social media channels that you follow. We would love to delve into this further. So we've got some cracking episodes coming up. Some really, really good ones. Again, visiting poisoning cases, but also branching out into stranger, weirder territory based on your requests. Ooh, I've got a lot of branching out into stranger, weirder territory on the, <laughs> on the cards. Got some good old weird ones coming up <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly do mix up two possibly three of the cocktails that we have well made. i would say one possibly two well some people can't mix the last one no but that's what i mean so i would say don't bother with the first one you would, drank the first one I, well mainly because i'm sitting here and i really want to drink um so <laughs> you I haven't had it. a drink in like a week so i think don't bother with the first one the it's absinthe bit... makes the heart grow fonder it's bleh Nah, it's just I w- a nap. I would just say it? just don't bother. Don't no, bother. No. The Dante, great. Lovely. Love it. For Absolutely Nick. love it. Fantastic people who don't like drink. chartreuse, then your heart will die a tiny, yeah, tiny but bit. But it's brilliant. It's absolutely lovely. Sinead's entirely wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the poisonous martini. I'm sorry, people in America, 
this is not one for you. It's <laughs> very nice. But it's it's damn good. It <laughs> the bigger the chartreuse. The bigger the chartreuse, the better the chartreuse. Um, <laughs> but if you're in Europe, have at it. It's not crazy, crazy expensive. No. And one bottle, I mean, that bottle there was about £20. That's okay. So, and it, I mean, it's a small. What's the volume? Well, it's it's a really, really concentrated. It's a hundred. It's a hundred mil. So, but that is going to last, God knows how oh, long. God, yes. Because you will not have a lot of that in a drink, That's and you can get it on Amazon. Oh my God! You didn't go to an artisanal brewery I didn't. place. Unfortunately, I didn't. Producer. No. <laughs> it was from the Amazon on next day delivery with Prime. Uh, <gasps> Nick, no. Which is, I feel dreadful about, but they got it to me quickly. <laughs> this is the proper artisanal stuff. But this you will is, enjoy this is the it. scary stuff, but it is. And so many of our listeners are going to be furious because <laughs> they can't get it. So you all have to come to Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Come Take and say, come trip. and say hello in London. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll send some pictures of how lovely these things are. We'll all meet up in Hyde Park <laughs> with our chartreuses. That'll be a weird day. Our plan is it? made. Keep sending us suggestions of more stories you want us to cover in season three. Come and join us on Patreon, a wonderful, wonderful community with loads of extra episodes, loads of bonus content, and really wonderful people where we get to chat a little bit more in depth in the comments about each episode that we do. We love to hear your suggestions and check out our merch store if you haven't already. Lots to come in season three. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.